Welcome to Dynasty Theory, your source for everything Dynasty fantasy football. With your host, John Bauer. I'm looking to sell everybody price-dependent. Dan LaMagna. Too much dysfunction in Cleveland. And Mitch Sorensen. Well, it's hard to compete with excellence. Welcome back to another episode of Dynasty Theory. I believe this is episode 114. We are a proud member of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast Network. And I'm your host, John Bauer. Find me on Twitter at The Bauer Club. We are joined by Dan LaMagna. That is at FF Coach Dan on Twitter. What's up, Dan? Good evening, gentlemen. Pleasure to be here tonight. We're one week closer to the draft. I know we're all stoked. It's been a you know, pretty good, good and up and down start to the week. Excited about Scott Fishbowl news, but my riding lawnmower is not working, man. I had to take it to the garage. So the grass is a little high. I'm not happy about that. We're also joined by Mitch Sorensen. <laughs> That's at DinoMC on Twitter. What's up, Mitch? What's up? Well, I might as well have some lawnmower news too. And so I'm thinking about going from gas to electric. So if anybody is really against that, let me know why. Because my yard's not huge. So I think I could get, a la- get away with an electric mower. And that way I don't have to do the oil changes, don't have to do gas. I just think it's the better way to go. Hashtag how rich from the guy who busts my chops every time I buy something. Just, just saying. <laughs> you know, it's what it is, man. <laughs> anyway, we have a ton we want to get through. We're going to talk about some of the rookie tight ends. We're going to do a two-round mock draft, and then we're going to bring it all together. Since we're only getting through two rounds of the mock, we're going to consolidate our list of favorite late round targets and discuss them. Uh, not in so much detail just because there's so much to get through, but you can certainly go back and listen to the last three episodes where we broke it down quarterback, running back, wide receiver. So very quickly, we don't want to spend too much time on the topic because I don't know that there's a ton to talk about, but the 2021 rookie tight ends, Dan, I want to start with you. We'll talk about this class. Like I said, Fairly quickly, Mitch, you said you had some follow-up questions, so I, we have not seen these questions. Hopefully, through the heat, hopefully Mitch doesn't stop. They're not us. too we'll tough. There's like, really one. There's really one. And it's really just knowing how you guys look at these prospects overall. But we'll get. All to right, it. all right, all right, Dan. What do you have looking at the tight end landscape? The the incoming rookies here. All right, I'm here to bring some love to the tight end position tonight here because because it's being you know neglected like the redheaded stepchild. It's like Kyle Pitts or nothing, and no one wants to go in depth. And I will stay on point. Kyle Pitts, he's elite. We know that. You know, we we, we hear the Darren Waller, Jimmy Graham, and his prime comparisons. Performs like a receiver. I'll add one more comparison. He reminds me of Shannon Sharp. Before, like, tight ends were a thing in fantasy football, if we can go back to those, like, Shannon Sharp, Ben Coates days, ben Coates. he reminds me of number 84, Shannon Sharp. But I used to love either getting Sharp or Coates and, you know, at a certain sweet spot in the draft. So tight end premium, to me, Kyle Kyle Pitts is just dreamy, boys. Uh, I'm watching his, his film. He's running whip routes like a wide receiver. Um, he is the guy. He is elite. And then it does drop off like everybody knows. Now, Pat Fryermuth. I like this guy, confident, passionate player, good blocker, red zone monster who gets open. I have him as a low-end tight end, too. You know, so you have Kyle Pitts up there in the upper echelon where I think after, for me, I don't know if we're doing comparisons yet or where we take him in a draft, but he's probably like number four in my rankings, Kyle Pitts. In a, in, in, and if it's a tight end premium league, man, I'm going after him. But then into Pat Fryermuth is low tight end two for me. Brevin Jordan's a tight end three out of the University of Miami. Quick balance, gritty tight end. Kind of reminds me of like a Delaney Walker type mode. Also in that tight end three range, I have Hunter Long. 
I like this guy. He feels a little bit more like a prototype NFL tight end that could work the seams. I could easily see him being the tight end two of this class as, as I watched his film. So I, I think he has a little bit of sneaky upside there. Again, none of these guys are in that Pitts elite class, but they're draftable. They have a place in, the, in, in our rankings. Then we go to I go to tight end four. Now this is we're, we're digging really deep here. Okay, these are the deeper leagues, maybe practice squad, uh, taxi squad type guys. Uh, but Tommy Tremble, Notre Dame, 6'4", 241. He's Mister Potential to me. I, I know he's a controversial one, and, and this might be more real life football. JB, this is the coach of me. He just plays nasty. Like as a coach, I am drafting him for his physicality with room to grow. He pancakes people, man. But you take that nastiness in the NFL, he's a football player. As a receiver in fantasy, though, it might take some time. So, again, this is this is a, a deep pick, pick. We'll see where he gets drafted. I think that's going to be important. Uh, Kenny Yabo out of Ole Miss would be my last one in the, tor- the tight end four range. I like this. I have, like, two guys in a class, and you and I seem to be one, and two, one out of two in each of them. Uh, Temple transfer. He's another number 84 at the position at tight end that looks like a wide receiver a little bit here. Nice clips of him toasting Alabama when you watch his film. He's a very nice red zone target. So he has some upside. And then I think our listeners, like if you want to go honorable mention, I know everybody likes different tight ends. Trey McKitty of Georgia. I'm a Georgia fan. Go dogs. Noah Gray at Duke looks a little bit like a Jack Doyle in a Duke uniform there. Sean Beyer, just the tradition of Iowa tight ends, you know, 6'5", 250, good size. He's got some potential. But of my honorable mention list, and there are other guys I'm leaving off, the last guy I would mention would be Kylan Grayson, 6'3", 235 out of SMU. He's a Rice transfer. Dude, this guy is a playmaker. The question is, could he get bigger? You know, 235 is a, a little light in the behind man for the National Football League. But his film's nice. He's a sneaky prospect that I would keep an eye on and see where he gets drafted. Now, there were some names that you threw out there. I'm shaking my head. Yes, I'm, I'm fist pumping. Some I'm saying, eh. And you know the way I'm going to look at this. I'm going to look at it from the numbers. And the threshold here for me when looking through everything was the tight end dominator rating. And two of the names you mentioned, and I know people, they're talking about them. And Trey McKitty, he was somebody that interested me throughout the early stages of the offseason. But Trey McKitty and Mr. Tommy Tremble both under a 7% college dominator. So when you look at the split for college dominator, the the dominator rating at 20%, if that's our threshold under that 5.6% hit rate for multiple tight end one seasons. And I wanted to look strictly tight end one seasons because ultimately, unless it is a two PPR, if you're tight end 24, nobody's too excited about that. So 5.6% hit rate there. Under the threshold, it gets bumped up to 17.8%. So almost three times the hit rate. And they're down there at 7%. So Trey McKitty, Tommy Tremble, I'm sorry, but I'm out on you. You know, so the the three guys, well, four guys here. Obviously, you have Kyle Pitts. But then the four guys beyond him, it was Pat Fryermuth, Brevin Jordan, Hunter Long, Penny Yabo. Those are the guys that I am very interested in. Um you know, again, you look at the dominator rating, those are guys that all hit that threshold. Uh, you know, and, and one thing that was interesting for me, because you and Mitch, this grinds your gears, but the breakout age for wide receivers, it's like, oh, you're 22 year old breakout age, you want nothing to do with it. But 22, that was actually 
one of the higher hit rates for multiple tight end one seasons, 43 players uh, drafted with a breakout age of 22 years old. Nine of them went on to have multiple tight end one seasons. So it's like, as long as you're not old, super old, Mike Ditka old, if you're in the discord chat, you, you know what we're talking about. We've been talking about, about Mike Ditka, the, the greatest, what was it, Mitch? The greatest rookie tight end season of all time ever, ever. Yes. Dan was there for it. Something we learned. I think it was 1961. Dan, Dan and Mike Ditka, they roomed in, in college together, I believe. But anyway, uh, so the only real outlier there is Travis Kelsey, 23 year old breakout age, uh, one out of 18 players to hit. And it was Travis Kelsey, who is, as some would say, a cheat code, certainly in tight end premium leagues. But look at those players. Like I said, Brevin Jordan, Hunter Long, Kenny Yaboa, and then Pat Fryermuth. Hunter Long, though, I think he's the most intriguing for me. If if I'm looking at these rookie tight ends and Pat Fryermuth, if I'm like, oh, I'll get him a little bit later and, and he gets snatched up. Brevin Jordan, he gets snatched up. Hunter Long might be that guy that's there at tight end four. And I don't know if there's a massive difference, if any, between him and those other two that I mentioned. Again, we're not going to sit here and say how good Kyle Pitts is. Cat's out of the bag. It's been out of the bag. He's pretty good. He's very highly regarded in the dynasty community and rightfully so. But uh, like Kenny Yaboa, throw that name out there one more time just to shove it down people's throats. But those are the guys that really intrigue me. And this has absolutely nothing to do with anything. But before I turn it over to Mitch, there were two things that I thought were very interesting going through the numbers. The only tight ends with a dominator rating under 12% with multiple tight end one seasons, there were three out of 121. One of them is Mitch's guy, Brandon Pettigrew. One of them is Benjamin Watson. And then the other one's Kyle Rudolph. I just thought that was interesting. And then 6'2", that height seemed to be a magical number. 37 tight ends under that, that height. Two went on to have multiple tight end one seasons. Again, nothing to do with the tight ends we discussed here, but just a little JB tidbit that I thought people would find interesting. So that was actually going to be one of the questions that I asked. We see Kyle Pitts, he's 6'6", 250 about. Um, Firemuth is 6'5", 260, like big tight ends, right? Then you look at Brevin Jordan, he's 6'3", 240-ish. And there's a lot of guys that we talked about who just are right there. They're just like George Kittle is a smaller tight end at 6'4", 250. He's on like the shorter end. You compare him to Darren Waller. Darren Waller's like 6'6", 250-something, right? Kelsey's mm -hmm. bigger than him as well. But so my question for you guys was, how much do you take into account they're a little bit smaller than what you anticipate, especially if we expect them to do any inline blocking? And that's the thing. And Dan, I'll let you throw the coaching hat on here. But again, strictly looking at the numbers, it's like Irv Smith is that guy that people love. He's a little bit smaller. Yes, and he's it's like the perfect how example. It's all how these tight ends are being used because how often do we talk about a tight end? But it's like, are they really a tight end? Like Mike Gesicki thrives out of the slot. The slot. George Kittle thrives out of the slot. It, uh, Evan Ingram, he, you can play in the slot as well. So the traditional roles of tight ends, it's certainly shifted where it's been, you know, block, 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 occasionally good on the field. We're talking about those uh, Shannon Sharps and Ben Coates types players back in the day where the role of tight end has certainly evolved to what it is today. So I think for me, as long as you're not six, two and, and uh, one of those little guys. And I, I say little, as I'm sitting here 
at 5'11 in string bean arms. But that that's the way I see it in terms of the physical build. Yeah, that's a, that's a good summary. And Mitch, you know, glad you brought it up. It's it's definitely a concern. You know, Brevin Jordan at 6'3", 247. He's kind of – he's teetering a little bit there. We talk about Irv Smith. Again, you, you want that ad- ideal situation where they're going to deploy him. They're going to utilize him for fantasy football. They're, they're going to be a contributor. But it's a concern. You like those guys that are 6'5", 250-plus, that could work down the seam, could take a hit, could be durable – can not have to come off the field necessarily when they're needed to block and do more things. So the more uh, attributes we could check off the box for fantasy football, the better. And that's what limits some of this class. And, you know, when I listened to JB mention the analytics, you know, and he talked about Trey McKitty, who, again, was lower on my list. It might be a little Georgia Bulldog bias there. But when it comes to drafting him, I, I would remember what, what John said there, and it, I, I probably would stay away from him. Tommy Tremble, JB, I would ask you to do, go back and watch the film. And I get you like film I, I, like I don't that. Have I like time. analytics. I don't, I don't have time. I don't have time. <laughs> you, would, you would enjoy it, JB, because I just think he has something that you just don't teach. He is just so nasty. I, I just think he's going to find his way onto that field. You know, hopefully he puts on a little bit of weight to that 241 pound frame, but he's six foot four and he's athletic. So I, I like to see him go to a good system and, and maybe evolve. We'll definitely keep an eye on him. Uh, Noah Gray was another one on the honorable mention from Duke, 6'2", 240. So, Mitch, again, now that's, you know, he's not checking all the boxes. I'd be a little bit leery. And I think, you know, in all seriousness, I think tight end is the one position where when you're comparing all the other skill positions, running back, wide receiver, tight end, tight end, film is going to be more heavily involved. So, Mitch, a few months ago, you tasked me with something. You said, John, find something with tight ends, you know, how, how are we, how are we finding these, these tight ends that are going in the third, fourth, fifth, sixth round that are really ending up being not just fantasy relevant, but total studs. And then that's a George Kittle type player, for example. And at times it's like, I don't know if there's any rhyme or reason with the tight end position. It it, it seems that there's that level of randomness and uh, somewhat, you know, arbitrary when these tight ends hit, uh, it's why they say you got to be a little more patient with the tight end position. And in our discord earlier today, again, it's a fantastic group. Everybody super engaged. If you have any interest in, in being in the discord chat, just to BS with us, uh, pretty much 24 seven hit one of us up. We'll throw the link over, but, oh, well, you can get a Robert Tunyon for super cheap and, and yeah. he, he hit eventually and, uh, Logan Thomas. So, you know, I, I do think there is that level of randomness, but one last thing, Dan, you brought it up and I, I did watch a little bit of film, just a little bit, but you talk about running down the seam and being able to, to make defenders miss and take a hit. Kenny Yaboa, he did that limited opportunity at old miss. I think only 27 receptions this last year, but behind Elijah Moore, he was the number two receiving option in that offense. So that's certainly somebody, especially in tight end premium leagues, we're not going to get to him. At least I don't think so in our two round mock that we're about to kick off here, but somebody later on, he's certainly a dart throw that I think we should be looking at. All right, guys, are we ready for this mock? I'll, I'll just, my final thing with tight ends is there is a difference between Kyle Pitts and Fairmouth, and it's a big difference. And then that right. difference between Fairmouth and whoever you want is tight end three is probably double for me. I mean, I just want nothing to do with the tight end three this year. Yeah, and I See, think I, my look at last year. How many of those tight ends came out in the second, third round, and everyone gobbled them up? Because some of them are going to be good, and 
none of them were. None of them were even playable last year. I, I think the the best example that kind of came on Glimmer of Hope was Cole Komet. Kind of. You did but have like three. I, I understand. What you, I, under, I think the gap between Fryermuth, Jordan Long, I, I think between those three, the gap is smaller than the gap between Pitts and everybody else. For me, completely disagree. I think if Kyle Pitts wasn't in this draft, Fairmouth would go into the first. I think the whole class would kind of be like it would. It it would be a amazing mix. It's it's a good mix. I think I'm worried about the shoulder injury too. Uh, How was he going to respond from that? He had the season-ending injury. Uh, uh, Again, it's always shocking to listeners when they find out I'm not a doctor. So, uh, but, is but amazing I, I, really, really quick, too? like what's, what's amazing. He's not a first tier tight end. You're not going to take not him as a rookie fan, Kaseki, Ingram, Hunter Henry. I think he was just, he's just a tier below what Hawkinson and Fant were when they came out. He's just right below them. And so right now they're tight end five and probably tight end seven. I could see him being tight end 12 as far as dynasty goes. Okay. So what I was going to say before, I'm watching you guys. Mitch is oh, JB's wrong again. Listen to this BS he's throwing at us. What I was going to say is this class, I think, with the exception of Kyle Pitts, would be wedged between that 2019 class and 2020. I think it would go 2019, 2021, 2020. Is that fair? 2020 compared to any classes. Like probably the worst tight end class in history. But <laughs> okay, but, but you're not you're not disagreeing with me. No, not at all. Bottom line, wherever you rank this class, we're going to be in the third and fourth, fifth round and deeper leagues where we're picking up rookies. We're going to take some flyers on these guys. They're going to sit on a taxi squad or at the bottom of a roster. And I think a lot will be dictated by where they go on draft day. But if it, like if a Kenny Yaboa goes somewhere good or even my, my Kylan Grayson's sleeper, I'm going to take them. And they're going to sit on my roster. I'm going to watch them develop. And I'm going to rub it in on Mitch in a few years. And yeah, we'll see where it goes. Yeah, yeah. I'll wait. And I think that's the way people kind of looked at Adam Troutman. Oh, New Orleans, once once Jared Cook leaves. Anyway, uh, a little bit longer than I thought we were going to spend on the tight ends. Ten minutes but... only. I was told ten minutes. Hey, we can't you cheat the I listeners. Can't keep that schedule. All right. But we are going to go through this two-round rookie mock relatively quickly again if you go back you listen to our quarterback running back wide receiver episodes there's going to be a lot more in-depth analysis but this is just to give everybody an idea how we're looking prior to the nfl draft we don't know draft capital we don't know landing spots how we view these rookies and where we are today because you know it's going to be interesting when we go back in heck a little less than two weeks after the draft and we say Let's tinker here. Let's tinker there. So it's going to be interesting to go back. All right. We're going to run through. Dan, you have the 101. Mitch, you have the 102. I have the 103. And we're going to stick to that order. Mitch, you had something you wanted to do, though, after every pick. I do. So after John and Dan pick, I'm just going to ask them if they will trade the rookie they just picked for a veteran player that I have. Just straight up. I don't care where they were drafted at. Just if they will trade that player for this veteran player. I think it'll add a little bit of where we're valuing these players where we pick them at. It provides context. And one of the things I don't want to get on a soapbox here. One of the things that drives me crazy, you go on Twitter, you talk to people. Oh, I love this prospect. This is a guy to keep an eye on, but there's no context added. So if you say that about 20 rookies, 
it's the crap against the wall analogy. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But provide context. And that's what we're trying to do here. All right, Dan, lead us off. Any curveballs throwing us off here with the 101? No curveballs. You know, again, we're just context. I don't even think it matter what my roster construction is, actually, to be honest with you. I just don't think you could ignore Trevor Lawrence. Generational quarterback, elite. I have him much above the other rookie quarterbacks. Um, again, there's some other elite guys at the positions. I think the top five picks in this draft are pretty sweet. But it's Trevor Lawrence, clearly, for me. All right. All right, Mitch, 102 over to you. Again, we're going to keep this rolling. Hold we on. Really whoa, 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 whoa. Dan, are no. you willing to trade – Trevor Lawrence for Kyler Murray. <laughs> no. Okay. So you'll keep Trevor Lawrence. I'm going to. I'm going okay. to. Just want to make sure. That's close. That's very, very close. I, I, I tried. I have apprehension, but I'm going to roll the dice and I'm going to keep Trevor. So All at right, the so 102. I'll make over to you. Thanks, John. 102. I will take. Justin Fields. He is honestly, to me, he is so close to Lawrence. And I mean, Fields is one of my favorite prospects to come out in a long time. He gives you the rushing floor. We're talking about in the discord today to where I think like DFS wise, if I'm picking week one between to start Trevor Lawrence or to start Justin Fields, it's going to be Justin Fields every time because that rushing floor. And I think just having that safety there is huge. I don't know what I did to Mitch today. But uh, the, you seem so upset with me tonight. And I, I, I didn't just feel even like this say is, anything. It's not what you said. It's how you said it. Okay. <laughs> All right. 103. <laughs> give me Trey Lance. Who? What veteran Whoa. am I trading for? All right. So Trey Lance. We're going to go Russell Wilson. These are good ones, right? Yeah, it's a good one. Lots of silence here. Frick. Uh, uh, I'm going to go rush straight up. I will go rush straight up. Really? Okay. All right. Yeah. I, I think we've seen that ceiling from Russ and we know what to expect. Again, he, he's still a young buck in the, the quarterback landscape. So give me Russ over, over Trey Lance. All right, Dan, 104. You got, you guys have thrown me the curveball, the draft curveball here. I did not anticipate these choices at number four. I was surprised by fields, but I could understand it. I was shocked by Lance, but obviously we're on a quarterback run in our league. Uh, at number four, are we tight end premium, gentlemen, or no? We're not. Straight up PPR. Straight up PPR, not a premium. I'm going to go with the value of the position here, and I'm going to take Najee Harris. Give me the running back here. I want who I believe is the marquee running back value of the position. So for Najee Harris, we will go Ezekiel Elliott. Or Miles Sanders. You can have the pick between the two. I had a hard time deciding because people hate Elliott, so it's kind of a bad value. But I think their value is extremely close. So it's either Harris or you could have Elliott or Sanders. I'm going to be a Cowboys homer, make sure I have Pollard as a handcuff, and take Zeke, Zeke as long as I have Pollard as a handcuff. If it was between him and Miles, I have them right next to each other in my rankings. I will be a Cowboys homer again and take Harris over Miles just because he plays for the Eagles. But very close. That was a good one, Mitch. Thank you. Thank you. So at the – what are we at? The 105 right now. I'll take Zach Wilson. I mean, he's on the board. He's going to go number two in the NFL draft. I'm not going to let him slip. 
He's going to be starting for you for at least four to five years. I just think he's an easy plug and play, especially because they're going to be running the Shanahan scheme there. I'm, it makes cuts down all the rookie mistakes you could see happening with him coming from BYU. And so I just think it's a really smart pick. And I wonder how many drafts this is actually going to happen where we see four go in the top five. JB, do me a favor. Would, like to tomorrow, don't cut out all Mitch's context and smart rationale and just say, I want Zach. I want to hear Mitch saying, I want Zach Wilson. That's it. Nothing more. Seven cent clip. And to answer Mitch's question, we talked about this earlier. I think every draft is going to look so different league to league. And it's kind of a cop out answer. You said in the Discord today, Mitch, you're like, I hate to say it, but can I say it's league dependent? Yeah. And it really is. But with the uncertainty at the quarterback position in the entire landscape, I do think that's going to push up these quarterbacks. And we very well could see three in the top four, four in the top five in a lot of leagues, something like that. Now, for me, I did not expect this player to be there, but I'm going to go Jamar Chase. Uh, At this point in the draft, I think you, you look at everyone else. There is that level of uncertainty once you get beyond Kyle Pitts, I think. And in a typical PPR, I'm going to take Chase. There's a yellow flag out already. We're six. Yeah, picks I'm in. wondering how. I'm mad at you. It's 15 yard penalty for taking my guy. Oh. <laughs> oh, you ruined you, my perfect three pick trifecta there. Oh, yeah, the first three picks are exactly how I have my board. And then Mitch jumped around a little bit for Zach Wilson. But yeah, I'll take Jamar Chase. I think he just offers that tremendous upside while also offering uh, a solid floor. And I I hate to say he's a safe prospect, but he's a safe prospect. So give me Jamar Chase. Speaking of safe, will you trade him for Calvin Ridley? No. And Calvin, please cover your ears. The jersey's on the wall over there, but I'm going to take Jamar Chase over Calvin Ridley. All right. I honestly, I don't think, because I have a lot of Calvin Ridley shares, and I'm staring off into the distance at the jersey, at getting some some inspiration here. I, do you think you could get 106 or 107 for him? I don't think you could do that right now. I don't know. It's hard because the like I have him ranked that high in the tiers, but then it's like, do you, if I say Allen Robinson or Justin Jefferson or Amari Cooper, of course you're going to say, you know. I'm going to, I'm going to want those vets. So I tried to find a player that made it a little bit close, but I probably dropped too far there on Ridley. They're no, close, I just Mitch. think I, it's, it's, right next to each other. The Russ Lance one was more difficult for me. I thought that one was really, you know, I'll, I'll send I'll you try a, to step it up. I'll try to step it up. I'm sorry. How about that one show? Whenever I gave you guys the rapid fire in every one, you guys like uh, easy, easy, easy. I was yes. like, oh, okay, that sucked. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Where are we? Dan 107. Who do you got? 108, correct? 108? 107. No, 107. Yeah, my math is just bad. All right. Oh, no, it is seven. I already wrote it down. That's why. Sorry. I already had my pick. So I had Lawrence at 101. I had Najee Harris at 104. Thought I was going to – Chase was going to land into me, and this was going to be the perfect three rounds, but JB had to be that guy. So I'm going to take Kyle Pitts. I'm going to go – even though it's single point, he is the exception to the rule of tight ends matter to me. I, you know, I was kind of looking at some of – I think I'm only in one or two single point. Everything seems to be tight end premium these days. Um, but in those one point leagues, you have to have Kelsey Kittle or Waller, Man, you know, to some degree, Andrews, to have any kind of edge. Otherwise, the position's almost meaningless. 
So I, I think Kyle Pitts is that guy that fits in that class where even though it's not tight end premium, I could still get a little bit of an edge. There's a lot of depth at wide receiver. So give me Kyle Pitts. All right. So with Kyle Pitts, there's really only one person you could bring up, I think, and it's Darren Waller. I mean, because you're going to take him over Hawkinson. So will you trade Pitts right now for Waller? My rankings say yes, because I have Waller, you know, right ahead of him. Pitts is my fourth. Um, but that age, man, in Dynasty, the age discrimination always seems to come in. I'd have a hard time taking him after I just drafted him. I, I would try to get something else. So I'm going to say no. I'm going to I'm going to keep Pitts. And just kept be, on my sheet, uh, except for Zeke. Yeah. On my sheet, I already mar- marked that Dan would take Pitts. I, I just had that yeah. feeling. Uh, <laughs> over Waller. So, yep. All right, Mitch. 108. Okay. Kind of stuck. I don't really want to, but I'm going to go with Travis Etienne. I just, I almost like Javante Williams more, but I think Etienne could just end up being drafted before him in the NFL draft. So I think his landing spot could end up being a little bit better. So that's why I went with him here. I didn't expect that. That threw me for a loop. I love Mitch taking all these guys that he kind of like hammered me on in past shows, Mitchell. Maybe it was just because you liked him. Uh, you know, Dan <laughs> likes him, so I have to hate on him a little bit. Then, then I come around, right? And I'm like, you know what? Dan's better than me at this, so I'm going to listen to him more. Uh, that's all good. I just want you all to right. be the just, just specific clips of who Mitch took. Yeah, no context. Just we'll, we'll throw something in there where it's like, I absolutely love, and then it'll be Mitch saying, Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson. All right. At 109, I, I, I have to expect he gets top 10. NFL draft capital with the uncertainty at the position. I have to go with the scrambling machine. Everybody knows he's so mobile. <laughs> Mac Jones at 109. Oh, no. Oh, no. I hate that pick. I hate there you, that pick. There you go, quarterback hoarding again. You've got a little reputation for that. No, but but it, I, I didn't want to do this as if it's a three-team league. So I'm thinking if I'm a team in a 12-team league and I'm at the 109 – there's a really good chance I take Mac Jones if he's there. So uh, Mac Jones. Okay, so here's something. Just break it up a little bit. So with Mac Jones, you know, we've seen these later round rookie quarterbacks do very well with Daniel Jones, Josh Allen, and Justin Herbert, right? They all went between like the 109 to the two, whatever. They all have very, very strong rushing capability. Mac Jones doesn't have that. Does that worry you at all, taking him at the 110? Well, it was the 109, but I will. Oh, sorry, my bad. I will get that extra leeway with the 110. No, I said, when you look at these quarterbacks, the, the bus potential is there, and it really is only because he can't be bailed out by the rushing upside, right? And that that certainly is a concern, but I'm thinking about it when you look at running backs, wide receivers, tight ends that you might take in this range. Typically, what is the real hit rate of a late round first? And, and at that point, can be Mac Jones. I, I just think with the level of uncertainty at the position, like I already mentioned, if I wanted to, I could probably move him prior to week one and and it, it, certainly recoup the value that, that I moved him for. So, so speaking yeah, of moving him, Will you move Mac Jones right now for Tannehill? Absolutely, 100%. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's... I have Tannehill. I actually... I have him right in that same tier as like the 
105, 106. Okay. So for me, Mac Jones, 109, yeah, I'll, I'll take Tannehill. They're tears apart. And I think to your question, Mitch, does he worry you? Uh, I think, yeah, I mean, no to the, like where John framed it, hey, late first, I believe he's going to have a good NFL career. No, I'm not worried. But yes, I am worried because all those guys like him, we've seen their market fluctuate every season. One bad season, they're on the way out. They get traded to the Colts, their stock's back up. I mean, we were seeing guys' stocks flying annually. So he is uh, – I'd be worried because I don't think I'm going to get an elite guy like the other three quarterbacks that went before him, three or four. And, hey, for, for TJ out there, man, he, he wants some veteran comparisons. Uh, he already threw one up there with Mac Jones or Darnold. Ooh, that's a good one. Wait, so, all right, Mitch, really quick, because I, I like that. I, Dan and I dropped the ball, and that's on us. And that's why we have these guys jump in the chat, because they keep us in line. So, 102, you took Justin Fields. Yep. Can we go Justin Fields or Joe Burrow? Oh, Fields. Without a shadow of a doubt, it's Fields. And that was too easy. Um, who? Where was your next pick? Zach Wilson? Yep. Zach Wilson or Matthew Stafford? Oh, Wilson. These are all just... just yeah, you're good. You're good. Uh, Travis Etienne, this one was in the chat, I think. Travis Etienne or Joe Mixon? Yeah, I'm going to bring Mixon Ooh. up later. I'm going to go with Etienne. I just don't have faith that Mixon is ever going to be what we all want him to be, especially with that offensive line. That ain't going to get fixed with one pick in the first round. Like, I'm sorry. Okay, so where are we? One, ten. This is Dan. All right, I'm going to take my boy here because you sniped me at wide receiver, JB. I've got now myself, it gets fun. I've got myself set up at quarterback, running back, and tight end with my first three picks. So give me my boy, Devontae Smith. Who do we have? So I have to pull it up. with De- Okay, Smith was hard for me because people like hate Smith, right? Like they won't draft him. So I went with Juju. Just where his value is, will you keep Smith or do you want Juju? Now the, this one's right in my wheelhouse because I've overanalyzed Devonta. I've loved him from the beginning. I made sure our chase is much higher. I, I definitely see the difference. But I would take Devonta over Juju. You could keep Juju. I'm not even listening to you. Um, I've got him a few spots higher in my rankings. And I feel convicted about that. Very good. All right, so Mitch, for me, can I, can I trade up? Can I offer... <laughs> Can I offer some? No, go go ahead. 111. I would say yes, but I don't want to keep track of this later, so no. But it's Javante Williams, right? Doesn't it kind of have to be Javante Williams? And I mean, what, that's what I would have moved up for right there. And that's see, my con- moved up for. my veteran that I would have asked you guys about was Joe Mixon, because I think he's just right there with ETN and Williams to where I personally would rather have the rookie, just hoping that in their first four years, they could be a good running back one instead of just hoping Mixon falls in there at the end of the season each year. So I would rather just have the youth at that point. Yeah, that's who, if this were an actual draft and I had the 112, I would see what I could get. Uh, would a late second, would it have got me there or no? I actually think there would have been a lot of teams trading up to try to get Williams at that point, to be honest with you. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. You get a little bit of a bidding war to where I think you probably could get a future first with that. You think somebody would, or maybe even if it's a 112 oh. and 2022 first for 
111 and a 2022 second? Do you think? Because I that it would be something like that. Yeah, I would think so. If everybody because, knows, go ahead. I was just gonna say it's the last good rookie on the rookie running back on the board. We know that's gonna bring a lot of heat to it. So if I'm sitting there late in that round and I have people bidding up to try to get him, I might be like, hey. You know, instead of Joe Mixon, maybe I raise it up a little bit and try to go like, you have Dalvin on your roster. What do I need to add to this 110? Or uh, what do I need to add to Javante Williams to get up to Dalvin Cook? Yeah, no, that's uh, I mean, that's probably my favorite value. I have 12, 11, 10. I have Javante at 109. Um, so not a, a huge gap, but I think right. that's really where a big tier break is, you know, You've gone through the five quarterbacks, Kyle Pitts, two wide receivers, whoever you have at wide receiver two. Dan clearly has Devontae Smith. Uh, and, and yeah, Javante Williams, I think that's a steal right there. I'm going to lose sleep over it, even though this draft means absolutely nothing. But I, I, that's how seriously we take it. you know. It, yes. So I, I think our listeners can sleep well at night. Well, I can't sleep because I, I lost out on Javante Williams. But I, I am going to take my... Who say it? You're taking Bateman. I am Rashad Bateman. I will take him at 112. There are several running backs I really like, but again, we're sitting here on April 20th. We don't know the draft capital. I don't want to. I don't want to select one of those guys that I think could get the third round draft capital and slip to the fourth round. Not so much the landing spot specifically, but that draft capital for me it does play an important part. So give me Bateman. I think he he is the safest option for me today compared to two weeks from now. Unless what am I going to say, Mitch? Unless. Oh, unless he goes to Baltimore. Yeah. I just. Landing spot doesn't matter unless See, he goes to Baltimore. I will say I actually had someone different picked for Bateman, but since you drafted him, I know you would take him over Terry McLaurin. So I'm going to raise the stakes and will you take him over DJ Moore? take DJ Moore again. I don't think the age, we certainly don't have to be worried about that. I know a lot of age is coming in with a lot of people for the dynasty perspective, but for DJ Moore, it's not a concern. There's that excitement around the Carolina Panthers again. Uh, we Same hype that we saw last off season. And for me, I'll take DJ Moore over Bateman. Really quick. Salazar in the chat says he yeah, got put, married today. Congrats, dude. Up. Put that up, JB. If if that's the case, if he's tuning into Dynasty Theory on his uh, big day, man, hats off. Kudos, man. Congrats and best wishes. We need more people that on their wedding night are listening to that. Hey, listen. That's how important this show is. (laughs) I'll hit up the reception later. I'm listening to Dynasty Theory right now. All right. Uh, Salazar, that is awesome. Absolutely incredible. Fantastic. There's two guys that I want here, so I'm completely okay. I think Dan's going to take one, and I'm going to be more than happy with the other one. Yeah, it's hard to follow up. Uh, right now, we're hey, we're starting off round two. It, to me, he's a first-round grade. Even though there's a bunch of guys I like, you know, I would consider different positions. But having four picks, I've already improved my team at every position. Give me Jalen Waddle. He's just too good to pass up there. I'll, I'll – I'll double up on the Bama boys with conviction. See, I love him too. Um, so the guy is going to be DJ Shark. And I know you were high on him. You've been a little bit worried about his ankles, but you want Waddle or Shark? I'm, I'm climbing back up on Shark this year with Trevor Lawrence. 
But when I look at my rankings, let me see where I got Mr. Shark. I do have a shark much higher. I, I'll go with DJ. I'll, I'll wow. trade him and, and roll the dice on that Jacksonville connection. I like that. So mine's mine's gonna be Terrence Marshall. Those two for me, they're. Hey, did you just have the end slip in there again? Terrence? No, it, it's Streamyard's messing up. It, it's not me at all. <laughs> I, I think there was a buffering thing there, but yes, Terrence Marshall. Um, I just think he. There's a lot of smaller guys in this class, and I think his draft capital is actually going to go up a little bit. Because teams are going to see they could get a slot wide receiver in later rounds. And there's not a lot of guys with Terrence Marshall's skill set in this draft. So I think, did I say it again? I didn't want to call you out. Oh, man. Man, John held it in. Dream yard. Yeah, (laughs) I know. It's terrible tonight. But I just think that he's going to get higher draft capital than we might have gotten previous years. So for me, I mean, he's already my wide receiver too. So Again, I think... And I hate to say it because it happens all the time in rookie drafts, startups, mock drafts. Oh, I can't believe that guy slipped there. The value is tremendous. Right. Oh, crazy value. How did you get him there? I do think 202 because you're going to see a lot of drafts where Terrace Marshall, Jalen Waddle, those are guys that will slip in to the first round in a lot of drafts. I, I think, like I said, there's that tier break maybe right around like 110, 111, but there are guys that could build a case to have first round draft capital, especially Terrace Marshall, who is getting talked up by the NFL community, not the fantasy community. So that certainly could not hurt, but I will go. Here's your comparison, Terrace Marshall or Terry McLaurin. Oh, Terrace Marshall. I've never been McLaurin guy. So for me, that's, and I actually think the value is better on the McLaurin side, to be honest with you, but I like Marshall. So I'll just stick with him. All right, this is this is the spot in the draft. And if I could have done it again, I would not have given myself the 103, so I wouldn't have to get the 203. <laughs> there is a difference here. There is. Yeah, and this is with the caveat that we're going to get third-round draft capital. I don't really care about the landing spot so much. But at 203... so tiny but i'm gonna go kenneth gainwell oh man i didn't think he'd actually take him there i thought he was gonna drop no i'm I'm gonna go gainwell but again i'm very reluctant and hesitant there and i would not fault anybody for passing on him there and if i had multiple drafts where i had multiple 203s along the way mm-hmm. maybe i go gainwell this one maybe i go another route here but all right so let's say he gets the late second third round draft capital do you want Gainwell or do you want Josh Jacobs? Oh, I will take Josh Jacobs. Really? Yeah, I'm going to take Jacobs. Despite Kenyon Drake, his arrival, and I know that's a concern. And there was already the concern with the limited pass catching opportunities for Josh Jacobs. It's just, I. I don't love either, honestly. You can tell the, and that's where we're getting. We're getting to that point. But give me Josh Jacobs, and I did see a poll on Twitter, and I believe it was like eighty percent to twenty percent. Twenty percent of people said they would take Raheem Moster over Josh Jacobs, and that blew my mind. Yeah, I bet they won't. <laughs> I, I, I'm like, Raheem Mostert has a big family, and they're all voting for him. Exactly. Apparently. Yeah. All right. So I, who did I say? Jacobs over Gainwell. All right, we're up to the 204, Dan. 
I'm going to go back to value the position here. I have a handful of guys in this range that I'd be happy with any of them, including guys that you guys uh, recently t- took here. So I think, you know, as you're a listener, you hear these different names. I always say, hey, go with your gut, have conviction. You can't go wrong. We're not throwing out any names here that just don't belong. But for me here, it'd be Trey Sermon. Uh, he's the top running back I have on the board. I don't want to lose that to you guys. You just took Gainwell off the board on us. So give me Trey Sermon. I like his potential. Well, I got to scroll a little bit because I didn't have Trey Sermon. Me too. I had to do the same thing. So Trey Sermon, I have him lower. So the value of the vet that I have is lower too. Kareem Hunt. I'm Sermon. I mean, they're in the same tier in my rankings, but when it comes down to it, Chubb's there. I'm a big Nick Chubb guy. Kareem Hunt, I don't like his history. Give me Trey Sermon. I have Sermon right there with Gainwell. So I think we talked when we did our running back show I mentioned then that I had Sermon a little bit higher. So it's just where he lands in my rankings. And really quick, it's a combination of Dan LaMagna and Matt Waldman that are getting me a little bit excited about Trey Sermon. I think I'm coming around a little bit, guys. And uh, Dan, you said you had him, I believe, running back four two weeks ago on our running back episode. And quickly, I was like, no, 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 that, that, way too early. But I'm like, I, I could see a, a case for maybe running back five. So I'm I'm not completely off from where you are at this point again a case i'm not saying he's there necessarily and i literally have sermon and gainwell next to each other in my rankings and when i watch gainwell's film again we talked about this i love it so like i see what you see in him um to me the size was the little bit of concern so i just have a little less less risk with sermon i'm gonna go with the safer pick that i do also believe has upside all right mitch 205 you know i (sighs) I never thought I would take this guy here because I don't like his size, but it's Rondell Moore. I knew it was going to be Rondell, yes. It's going to be like, I'm not even a Rondell guy, but getting him at this point in the draft, if he could somehow stay healthy at that size, like he has that weekly potential to win you games. Like he has the AJ Brown, he could take a slant for 80 yards at any time, but he has to stay on the field to do it. So with a mid second round pick, I'm going to be willing to take that chance over some of the, there's actually one other wide receiver I really like here, but I'm a stick with Rondell Moore. Would you trade Rondell Moore for Tyler Boyd? I take Boyd. Yeah. Boyd secure. Give me those PPR points. All right. Boyd over Rondell. I'm going to take my guy here. 206. I now again, I, I, I knew I could kind of play this because with you two, he would slip to me. Yep. I think we could do a 20 round rookie draft and he might slip to me, but my guy, Amon Ross St. Brown at two Oh six. I have him at two Oh three. Um, but again, I, I thought I could uh, pivot off him and still get him. So two Oh six, I'm on St. Brown as Dan shakes his head. All right. I, I have him in the third round here, man. Just saying. <laughs> You're never going to have him because if if you're drafting with people that let him get to the third, let me know who those people are. To be continued. So with Almond Ross St. Brown, you can take him or Jarvis Landry. Jarvis Landry, like everyone likes to say Robert Woods is the most undervalued guy in Dynasty. It's really Jarvis Landry. I'm going to take Almond Ross. Almond Ross. All right. All right. Was it close at all? Yeah, I, I think it's. Uh, I think that value is fine, but yeah, Landry. Uh, 
<laughs> no one likes Landry. No one no. wants to trade for him. It's like you could have this twenty dollar bill, or you could have this box, and there could be a twenty dollar bill. <laughs> like, I give me Amon Ra though. Come on, it's it's rookie, it's rookie hype season. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna stick with the boring veteran. We know who Dad's going with here. We know it. It's gonna happen. Glorious, glorious that he slid to me here. I, I don't know how he did, but sometimes, Elijah. Sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. And uh, I, I see my boy Kyle Bannon over there. Him and I normally agree on everything. He has disagreed with me on everything tonight. So <laughs> we, we we could have some fun with that. And, and Kyle, those, those those picks are close, man. So you you're still on uh still on my good list there. But for me, man, Kadarius Tony time, boys. It is just. I love him. I, I would have easily taken him rounds ago. You know, if you guys took Waddle on me or if I didn't need a running back like Sermon, but he's just falling in my lap right here. I Super talented and at a great value. All right, so I'm going to trust you with this one because I'm trusting that you know how good he was last year. Robbie Anderson. And with Sam Darnold there and them having that pre- previous chemistry and connection, I've got to share it to a Robbie. I like him. I've got him one tier ahead of Kadarius Tony in my rankings. So I think it's the smart thing to do to go with Robbie Anderson. Wow. But I will somehow try to keep Kadarius Tony and, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't want to do it. I like it. I like it. So, you know, before, if we would have done this two weeks ago, I wouldn't have picked this guy. But everything I've read about him up to this point just – Makes me love him even more. And I should have just really listened to Linda. It's Tylen Wallace. I mean, he's a guy to where he's going to be able to play multiple positions and he has the speed. I mean, we know he's going to be almost two years off that ACL surgery, about a year and a half by the time the season comes around. And I just think that he's going to be a guy that can do more things than what like Elijah Moore can do, right? Tylen Wallace or Will Fuller? Oh, Talon Wallace. Okay. <laughs> okay. Right. Well, I, I looked at my list. And I was like, all right. We'll honestly, play. Will Fuller without his hamstring issues and suspension, of course it's Will Fuller, but I don't trust those hamstrings down in Miami in the heat. Like, I think that's a horrible place for him to be. All right. So what I'm going to do, and Mitch, you brought this up and you quoted the man himself, JJ Zacharyson from one of his podcasts, uh, you said it was earlier in the offseason, but you brought it up a few weeks ago, and you said the second-round running backs, those are the guys that really have the potential to jump up in value. So I'm going to double up here, and our man in the chat, Kyle Bannon, he, he, he's name-dropping. Mitch, you know how I get when names are dropped in the draft. That's right. You don't like it? No, because he's he's talking about a guy that I'm taking here, and I'm going to double up on, on running back, hoping that either Gainwell or Michael Carter – really pop off and gain value. So at 209, give me Michael Carter. I am hoping the NFL loves him. And, uh, you know, again, just get in the third round. And maybe I look foolish and he's easily a late second round pick, but uh, in the NFL draft, that is. So Michael Carter out of North Carolina, I will take him at 209. All right. So you have to forget about the 209. Michael Carter is on your team now. I don't care where you drafted him at. Do you want Michael Carter or do you want Chris Carson? Chris Carson. I listen. I I I, I know it's that glorified three year deal. We've talked about that. The third year, it's voidable. Uh, it's void. Whatever, however you want to phrase it. So it's a two year deal essentially. I don't think we should really be looking at the running back 
position in Dynasty further than two years. And just I, I, now, maybe in a week and a half, we go back to this and I say, see you, Chris Carson, Michael Carter, you're, you're, you're staying. But today I will take Chris Carson over Michael Carter. I feel like we have a lifetime bond with Chris Carson, JB. You made me proud with that one. <laughs> way, way to be loyal. And maybe that's, again, my like 35% roster ship coming Could through be. with Chris Could Carson. Be. Yeah. And maybe in certain situations, I would pivot off of that so I don't have too much exposure. But tonight, I'm taking Chris Carson. And final round, guys. And this kind of worked out perfectly with timing. It really yeah, did. Really good. 210. Dan, I think you have... You're going to pick a wide receiver, and it's going to be. I think there's one wide receiver that really stands out to me. Yeah, where well, you're, you're in my head, man. Uh, Elijah Moore, you mentioned him before. He's my highest rated guy left on my board right now. He's my Cole Beasley 2.0 in the slot. I think he has the hands, the route running. He's going to be a good NFL player. Hopefully, he gets drafted in, in a nice little situation. Uh, but I'm very confidently rolling with him at this point in the draft. All right, since you're so confident, this is actually the perfect comp for you. Do you want Elijah Moore or Hollywood Brown? We've discussed Hollywood Brown a little bit on this podcast before. Yeah, we have. And you know what? As much as he didn't meet the expectations last year, and I'm not as high as I was in past podcast where jb grilled me i definitely have alan robinson higher jb i'll make you feel good about that but i would take holly wood brown before elijah moore because i think he is maybe by default still baltimore's wide receiver one um and even if they went and took a rashad bateman i think it's kind of like a one two i'm not thrilled about the volume but the talent's there i think he's still gonna have big games he's still he fits i like it so my last pick I'll be honest, I'm stuck between two. I really want to take Fairmouth, but since it's not a tight end premium league at all, I'm going to go with Chuba. I just, he has that home run speed. And, you know, if he goes in the fourth, I won't touch him here, right? But if he somehow gets day two draft capital and all he needs that speed, like if he gets a chance, and I mean, he could take one to the house, that could make your week there to where... Pat might be on your bench the whole year because you can't really start him. So I'm actually going to go with Hubbard here. Chuba. Chuba. Or Chuba, how some people like to say it. Chuba Bubba. Chuba or Leonard Fournette. Oh. Uh, Fournette. I think you got to go Fournette there. Yeah. This is how the funny thing is. That's who I have listed if you guys picked him. I had Fournette really? too. Yeah, <laughs> very nice, very nice. All right, so there are two wide receivers I like, and Kyle just said JB wins the draft. You that that comment is locked in stone. You cannot revoke that comment because there's two wide receivers that I, I love here, and I hope I could snag both. But Deami Brown, he unfortunately is going to slip here for me. Seth Williams, wow. I've talked about him. On previous episodes, I certainly talked about him last week on the wide receiver breakdown episode. And if I can get him the 212 with the expected draft capital, super young, you know, I I think he's riding a school bus to the NFL draft this year. Uh, What is he, 20 years old? Um, But a a lot of things there that you can get him the 212, I'm certainly intrigued. So give me Seth Williams. All right, you're going to take him or Rager. 
the former first round pick, rookie drafts, no competition. I I, I did not freeze. I'm just staring off in the distance. Ah, <laughs> uh, la 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 la. Give me Seth Williams. Uh, that was, wow. wow, that's conviction. Jalen has fallen. That was, that was dirty. That was Is dirty. He is officially your guy now. Ah, that was dirty. All right. So again, super fast paced, trying to cram that in there on previous episodes. Again, we went into a little bit more, well, a lot more depth overall. I'll be posting these, but now as kind of a consolation here, we don't have any third or fourth round picks in this mock draft. So throw out, it could just be one, it could be five, but some late round targets, it could be a consolidated effort from the last few weeks, or maybe some guys since those episodes are like, oh, I forgot about that guy. So Mitch, who are some late round targets? Again, any, so, anybody you want to throw at them? Jalen Darden's like my guy, right? Like I love Come him. On, I, Dan me. loves him too, but I'm bringing up someone else. I'm going to actually not. bring up someone else. I just want to say the name before Dan could, but it's Dirty. Davis Mills. Um, I mean, we had Waldman talk about him. If let's say Mac Jones and all the other quarterbacks go by pick 10 or 12, which is more than likely, right? Are we going to believe that there isn't going to be another quarterback taking the next 35 picks? There's so many more teams that are at the end of the draft who, I mean, you have the Steelers who have Ross Roethlisberger. You have the Bears who have Dalton. You have teams who desperately need a young backup quarterback. And I think that could end up being Davis Mills going a little bit higher than everybody thinks. Now that's your guy. No, it is not. <laughs> he All talks right, about so- him in the quarterback show. He claims him now and he says he's not, he's not his guy. He talks about Darden, who's my guy, and calls him his guy. JB. I'm, now, I'm, Mitch- mad, at, I'm mad at Mitchell tonight. Well, we could just say who drafts him more, but we know it'll be me because I have draft picks. Who drafted him in the Champions League that we already had? It's because I co-owned with guy. John and I had a draft because oh. it's a 14-team league. <laughs> Drew, Drew Lock's going to be replaced here in, <laughs> in nine days. Uh, Packy says, Packers are going to draft a quarterback. Don't worry. All right, Dan, we know you like Jalen Darden. Is it still Ramondre Stevenson season? Or who else do you have that you want to talk about real quick? Yeah, deeper sleepers, it's Darden and Stevenson. They're, they're definitely the little bit deeper guys. If we look at the second round guys that we didn't take, that I had graded there, it'd be Fryermuth. To Mitch's point, tight end premium does come in. Khalil Herbert, I like at the running back position, and Nico Collins or Deami Brown at wide receiver. Those guys really stand out to me. I like Nico. I like Deami. And in the chat, uh, you know, Kyle's saying – Trade for high thirds, boys, because there are players that, and again, if you go and look at 10 different rookie drafts, there are going to be so many different variations of that. And it's going to be wild to see Uh, my guys very quickly. Anthony Schwartz, I touched on him very quickly last week. Maybe I didn't touch on him at all. I don't know. I can't remember. And then running back Javian Hawkins, Uh, later pick. Somebody that can intrigue me at the running back position. I mean, he's no Elijah Mitchell, but really, who can be besides James Robinson? <laughs> Mitch, you didn't bring up Elijah Mitchell until now. I thought you I didn't. I up. didn't. Yeah, I've kind of. Yeah, he's he's a little small. When I you're smaller you, than Gainwell, I'm I'm worried a little bit. I thought you would have talked a little bit more about him, but he gets that blazing speed. All right, so 
Well, let, let's get into our uh... final thoughts. All right, Mitch, besides changing your late round flyers on people here, That's what's bad. your final thought? This is our last episode, episode 114, last episode prior to the 2021 NFL draft. Yeah, my thing is if you're in just a few leagues, run through a mock draft like this. Just print out who has the picks and try to pick out where they're going. And it'll give you at least a somewhat idea about how you think the draft's going to go in your league. And then if you're seeing some spots to where, ah, uh, that 109, I'm not liking these players after there. And I have the 111. Do what you can to get up to the 109 before that 109 is on the clock. Because that draft capital is just going to go up and up and up until there's a four-hour clock and there's 30 minutes left and he hasn't done a trade, maybe then the value starts to drop. But until that point, it's just going to keep creeping. That's a great point. Almost trying to find the, and identify the dead spots in the draft. And maybe for your specific team, there's one team that I have in particular, uh, really solid running back, wide receiver, tight end, but quarterback certainly could use some upgrading. And I have the 111 in a few seconds. You better believe I'm trying to work something to get up to that 105, 106 range so I could potentially get my quarterback three there. And so far, not much luck. All right, Dan, final thoughts here for the listeners prior to the NFL draft. Wow, that just felt that was nice to just listen to, John, coming out of your mouth there. Can't wait. We're getting closer. Uh, just wrapping up the rookie thoughts here. Uh, Darden is not Mitch's guy. So when you listen back to that show, I'm just going to reiterate he is not Mitch's guy. He's mine. Uh, having some fun with you tonight, Mitch. You're good. But, um, the, the rookie draft, you know, you have one more week to be active. Stay active. You know, I, I went into this draft season with not much draft capital. I'm going into the draft throughout my leagues with a lot more draft capital than I had. I still got some work to do. Be careful not to overpay. You heard John say rookie fever tonight, and we have it, and we had it on some guys. But you could tell the value of guys is way overpriced in some leagues with some teams. So be careful not to fall into that trap while being active. And then Look forward to draft day, boys. We'll be even trading then. Thursday, round one of the NFL draft. We are going to be live on YouTube starting at 7 p.m. Eastern time. That Friday, we're going to kick things off at 6. I believe the draft starts at 7 on Friday. So pretty much 12 hours of content, analysis, thoughts, instant reactions, prepping for the picks themselves. And then maybe a little bit of fun, just a little bit. But we have, I think, 20 guests lined up throughout both days. It's going to be a lot of fun, a lot of fantastic information. And we're, we're trying to figure out maybe a giveaway or two that we can do. Um, Mitch, Dan, and I have been talking about that off the air. But if you have not subscribed to the YouTube channel, please do so. So you can get our alerts and we can bug you even more than we already do. We want to thank everybody for tuning in. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Dynasty Theory FF. Stay safe, be kind to each other, and have a wonderful night. Wonderful. Wonderful.